welcome to The Ruck, and of course, Merry Christmas. Now, two weeks ago here in our London Bridge recording studios, we recorded a Ruck podcast so widely admired, so brimming with wit, insight and Bruce Springsteen references, that we decided to gather the exact same panel back here again. So here we are, two weeks on, it's Christmas Eve, Steve Jones is here in his Christmas sweater... Steve James, one of the all-time ultimate all-rounders in sports journalism, is here in his Hollywood Burn tribute outfit, <laughs> wearing a broad, a broad rim black felt hat and, and a white polo neck. Yeah, and um, Mark Evans, uh, one of the world's top rugby administrators, is here still polishing his CV to send to the RFU to become the next chief executive. Uh, I'm Owen Slot, and all I want for Christmas is for Billy to be fit. For Joe Schmidt to lighten up a bit, I mean, come on, Joe, it's not exactly going badly, is it? And on a slightly selfish note, I like the camellia in the back garden to have a slightly better year. Um, Steve James, here we are, Christmas Eve. Uh, when you were a full-time professional athlete, were you always the kind of athlete that trained on Christmas Day, or were you a bit more fun than that? I think athlete is probably pushing it a bit, as I played county cricket in the days when there, there weren't too many athletes around. Um, I, do I, must, down. I must admit, yes, I have trained on Christmas Day. Jonesy, because Daily Thompson always used to didn't he and you had to copy Daily Thompson good for you Thompson. Jonesy you're an athlete do you train on Christmas Day I do train on Christmas Day every Christmas Day yeah very good and, and Mark you what do you do Steve pardon what do you do training training what sort of training <laughs> oh anything <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking rubbish, isn't it? No, I'm not talking rubbish. Oh. I'll do my exercises, which 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 Caroline, my instructor, gives me <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> Day. Yeah, but for off days, it's because Christmas Day is an off day. Okay, but I know I'd be do, still, still be doing something. Really? Yeah, I don't believe. It. I'm going to come around. I'm going to come around tomorrow well, and see. Come around on Christmas Day. Okay, but bring your okay. bring your training pre turkey <laughs> yoga. All right, all right. Uh, Mark, mm-hmm. we. Uh, Oh you, right! You just no, look, you no, just look for no, another sport to no, run no, on no, Christmas no, Day. No, 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 no! Training on Christmas Day, it's it's it's, it's uncivilized. Quite right too. Uh, so th- this episode is well, it's our Christmas episode. So it's a sort of festive nugget. We've got crackers. We're wearing Christmas hats. We're going to start off. Uh, we've got a quiz to come in a minute, which I've been working really hard on. Oh, we're going to start off mm. discussing who we would like to come for Christmas dinner. Jonesy, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, how many people am I allowed to have? You can have as many as you want. Oh, okay. I'm coming now as well, Jonesy. Okay, well, you yeah, can I want to check, check on his We're all coming around for his, for his yoga <laughs> class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not yoga. Oh. Uh, a pre-prandial jog. Okay, um, can Mark go first? Uh, right, am I allowed to... Uh, uh, if, if I can, I'm going to cheat a bit and invite uh, somebody posthumously. I'd love to have Carwin James for Christmas dinner. Mm. I never met him. And clearly, uh, you know, I watched a lot of his teams when I was young and I would have loved to have met him um, and talked about the game. And, you know, Carwin James in this era, I'd love that would be a, just a just a just a marvellous sort of conversation. Yeah. And to go with with Carwin, probably this is going back a while. Show me age again. Never met him. Ray McLaughlin from Ooh. the from the 71 Lions, who everyone tells me and people I respect within the game when I was a sort of young coach said he was one of the the great rugby thinkers and, and I think he'd be good value. Steve, your Christmas dinner guests? So, as my wife always tells me, all I ever talk about is rugby and cricket, okay? Mm. So it's got to be it's got to be somebody in the rugby world who also loves talking about cricket. Uh, well, I think so. Dan in Brighton? Oh, Rob Andrew? No, I was thinking of Alistair Higgins. <laughs> I was thinking oh, of Alistair Higgins. Happy Christmas, it's Rob Andrew! <laughs> oh, great! No, no. Eddie, Eddie loves to come on, he? Eddie loves his cricket. So I thought you were referring to Alistair Hignall there. I thought you were building no, up to okay, no, well, no, no, Higgy is a lovely man. Yeah, Eddie does I, talk more about cricket than rugby. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to get Eddie along and put him straight on a few things as regards selection for 
for the Fair World enough. Cup. World, World Cup stuff. So. Keep, keep you entertained. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be good fun, wouldn't he, Eddie? He'd he, he get his selection he, all wrong, though. He'd, he'd, you made me feel bad now. He'd, he'd, cause, cause, he'd eat Christmas pudding before his turkey and everyone, everyone playing in the wrong positions. You made me feel bad, because Higgy is a lovely chap. Yeah, Higgy's in. Who else can we think of who's really into cricket and rugby? Elliot Daly is supposed to be a decent cricketer, isn't he? Yes, and I could, is. I could give he him some good tips yeah. on fullback. Play. Elliot Daly's yeah. good at anything yeah. he does, yeah, apart he's... from playing fullback. Yeah, but that's what I used to play fullback. I reckon I could give him some tips over Christmas lunch. So I, I might invite him as well. And Higgy could give him some tips on fullback play as well. So we'll have Eddie Jones, Alistair Hignall, and Elliot Daly. That sounds like a good laugh, doesn't it? I'm not sure if Elliot Daly's the good <laughs> laugh part of it, but um, yeah, no, I, I think that's terrific. It's a really good start. Jonesy. Well, I have to disinvite someone now because I've got to make room for JMO come over to check to check on training. So I was going to invite God, but now JMO's coming, so I'm going to have to knock God, him back. Gareth Edwards, you mean? No, no, no. no I'd, I'd, oh, Gareth would be, it would be a tremendous one. Um, I'd invite Tide Furlong because I want to tell him... <laughs> If we've got enough food in the house, how, how great he is for rugby in that he reminds everyone that you don't have to hit 56 rucks and make 28 tackles. It's nothing to do with statistics. It's physical domination of the opposition. And B, he'd go down a storm in the Pickwick Arms in Eaton, in Eaton Wick. Because no doubt, <laughs> I think he'd have a few. No, no doubt about it. I'd also like to have a doorman to keep Eddie Jones out should he decide to come over. <laughs> He's coming to mine anyway, Eddie. He's He's to about him. I'd also He's like to, to love yeah. there to be a man called Mark Bingham. Mark Bingham um, is a rugby player in California. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to, to Ground Zero, to the memorial. And the only person I'd heard of who died uh, in the attacks was, was Mark Bingham because he was a rugby man. He was a great man and he was one of the people on United 93 who, uh, with another rugby guy, stormed the, um, the cockpit to try and get in. And this is a true story, and it may Blimey. put shivers down my, my spine, but uh, the whole of the area of the, the memorial is huge. And I was just putting my, put my hand on the memorial to see the carved out names. And I put my hand straight on Mark Bingham's name, the only person I knew. That's spooky, isn't it? And I, it was spooky, and it was lovely. And I'm going to write to his family if I can find them just to say that mm. I was with your son in spirit and so I'd like Mark to be there in spirit with myself and Tide Furlong and obviously my family as well. Uh, thank you Steve for that yes. my contribution is not quite as, uh, as sane as that. I would just say I would like to have Reese Webram for my Christmas dinner because unfortunately we're not going to be seeing much of him later on in the year but we would like to <laughs> Oh, I, I, I'm going to say this now Reese Webb will play in the World Cup Ah, I hope we get to that Brilliant, Jamie. He, he will play in the World Cup The man I'll, who knows what's going on in Wales I'll, I'll put money on it Yeah, I would too Yeah, It's going to happen It'll change the law Do something I reckon he'll be on loan to the Dragons Or something at the top okay. Do you not actually think that He might come back from Toulon after one year? I mean, it's, well, it's, maybe, not, maybe. it's not going well All I'm saying is that um, I mean, covered Wales in the autumn Reese Webb was seen in the Wales camp that's all I'm saying. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, sorry. Carry you on, tune carry, into carry, the carry. Right Christmas special, and you and you get a world exclusive. We're more into analysis and scoops on this show, but you know, carry on. It's all right. Okay, yeah. so so we're now going to move on to Scoop our, James. We're now going to move on to our Christmas quiz, mm. and and we start off with Eddie Jones quotes corner. Right. So, in a corporate speaking event in Japan, Eddie Jones described one of England's Six Nations rivals as scummy, and another as a little shit place. Mm. Which are those two places, and where did they finish on the Six Nations? We don't have buzzers, so people just you know dive in. 
Well, Ireland uh, and Wales. I can't remember which, which way round it was. Uh, the second one was Wales. The scum. The scum was Ireland, and the second one was Wales. Yeah, and and Ireland finished first, mm. and Wales finished second, mm. and Eddie Jones's team finished fifth. Exactly. Feet by Scotland sent England spiralling downwards. It's after that game that Jones made two slightly weird decisions. One was to spend the next day in the company of a famous Scotsman, which was Alex Ferguson. Alex Ferguson, exactly. Uh, and two, to travel to Manchester to, to see him, uh, to travel there on National Rail. Now, on arrival at Manchester Piccadilly, four Scottish morons <laughs> decided to verbally abuse him, uh, a really brave piece of work for which they were later charged and fined collectively 480 <laughs> quid. They used F words and C words, but in between they also attempted to belittle the England coach by calling him A, an Aussie, B, a baldy, or C, not very good at selecting a back row. <laughs> <laughs> which, all, all three. Which are the above? <laughs> ah, well, that's difficult because he is a balding old dude who's not very good, not very good at picking a back row. So it could have been anywhere. But the point is that he that didn't, was my point. They didn't necessarily call him all that. No, well, being uh, follically challenged myself, I'm going to go for that one. Okay, Mark, you're on the absolutely on, on the money. But on the subject of hair. Jones himself got involved in a public verbal spat too with Bruce Craig, the owner of Bath, in which <laughs> Jones sought to demean Craig by criticising his barnet. Yes. Whose hairstyle did Jones compare Bruce Craig's to? Donald Trump. Very, very good. Very good. He, he said... I missed that one. He, he said Bruce Craig is the Donald Trump of rugby and he has the same hairstyle. He's got a desperate haircut or barnet, did not he? <laughs> terrible Donald Trump. Are you, liking, are you liking my quiz? Loving yeah, it's very yeah, good. It's good, good, good. It's all right, I just showed a bit you of insecurity time, there. You no, know, you spent a lot of time. I, on, I worked on this. On the subject of Eddie Jones and selection, seven names here. Which of the following didn't make it into a single England squad all year? Ollie Lawrence, Johnny Hill... Joel Kapoku, Dave Atwood, Piers Francis, Jack Willis, and Don Armand. One of those didn't make it into mm. a single squad. Right, just Six m- of them did. Well, Don if, Armand. You, if you read the Sunday Times, Dave Atwood is never anywhere near the squad, and the correspondent there gets very irate about it. That's why it's in the quiz. Well, Dave Atwood's never been in the squad. Has well, he? You're right, absolutely. Okay, after your quiz, this thing about picking these little kids in the team, thinking they might be good. It's rebounded on almost everyone. Marcus Smith, for one, who's not nearly as good a player now as he was when he came into that squad. All that. What all about that Tom Curry's work for him? I don't think so. Was he an apprentice? So? Was he an apprentice? No, but he was picked for a, the Argentina tour when he was nineteen. Mm. There's more. There's there's more of those that have been successful. But more than have been unsuccessful. Uh well, let's not go there. <laughs> this, you know, this is Christmas Eve. For okay, goodness sorry, sake. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Which, right, of, the form, which yeah. of the aforementioned seven got on an England team sheet but didn't get a cap? Has uh, never been capped. He got on an England team sheet in Cape Town. This was Hill. Johnny Hill. Johnny yeah. Hill. Yeah. Yeah, he's injured at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. yeah okay. Hey, okay. Player. Player, uh, one yeah. for you, uh, Jonesy. Yes. Piers Francis and Don Armand, who played. More minutes for England this year, and why? <laughs> well, I don't know why Don Piers Francis played for England. That's the sort of rhetorical but nature yeah, of the yeah, question. Rhetorical um, question. Well, because... Um, well, we, France- do, we do know why he, why he played, because he was brought over specifically to play for England. Yeah, he was. And it, well, that, that, that is an answer, yeah. of sorts, yeah. and it works. Yeah. Armand right. played 13 minutes, mm. Piers Francis got 10 more. Right. Okay. And, really? Uh, yes. And as we say, it, very a hard question to answer. Why? Um, I have a list of other similarly tricky questions here. You don't have to answer them if you don't think you can get the answer. But in 2018, did we get any closer to deciding who is the England number 15? Yes. 
it is. <laughs> that was and a convincing. And it is. Uh, because I think some people have ruled themselves out. Therefore, by definition, you're getting closer. But who is it then? I doubt, given the autumn, I don't think they'll pick Elliot Daly at four. Yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I just don't think you can now. I think that was, I think the, I think I that, think was a, that was a fair run, four games. Yeah. Um, and I'm not actually, sure. Actually, it was seven go. games because he played the three yeah, in South did, Africa sorry, as well. I was actually a massive advocate of Daly being fullback. I, I was as well. So, therefore, by definition, by ruling out a contender, you must be closer. Okay. I reckon he'll go with Daly, stick with Daly, I don't well, it's his belligerence that will make him do that. Anthony Watson, he'll try again. I'm, I just want... I, I could understand why Watson's Alex Goode was... What? Is Watson fit for the six? Not, not for the start, I don't think. so. That's why I think you'll stick with Daly. OK, who had a worst 2018? The Wallabies, the Dragons or TMOs? Ooh, <laughs> good question. Ooh, dear. I, there's no way you can split those three. You no. can't. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely dead heat. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, I, no, think you, I, I think you can. Um, well, the, the TMOs think... changed the result of two massive international matches. Yeah. Two? Yeah. I, know, I think if you went through them... Well, Twelve. The Dragons yeah, lost mostly. the Leinster thirds by 50 points two weeks ago. You cannot get any worse than that. <laughs> what's, the, what's the other one? Wallabies. Australia. Ooh. I think the Dragons and TMO, they're, they're really neck and neck. Mark stroking his chin. I am. Yeah, I think it's the Dragons. Um... You know, when you looked at who they signed over the over the summer, Hibbard, um, Moriarty, and you know the number of people in their squad who've played for the national team, it's 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 really disappointing. I think they've had a really, really, very, very, very poor 2018. They beat Edinburgh the other day. I mean, I think there were a few players missing. They did beat Edinburgh. So it's yeah, them. T- them. No. <laughs> Everyone always picks out <laughs> any kind of official. Right, Slotty, do you have the answer there? Don't let them touch my answer. Slotty, these, these questions are really good. Exactly. If you're feeling insecure, like, these are really like good. No, I'm always in A, B, or C, mostly A. I just want everyone to be happy at Christmas. Carry on, I want more. Watch it. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. The, 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 the Aussie have had an utterly tragic season, but nothing like as tragic as the, as the Dragons. When a referee. <laughs> you, you, a, a referee sees like Owen Farrell him. smashing someone two yards from the line and the bloke's in charge of the ball and all the guy had to do was fall over to touch down not only does he not give a penalty try and the red or yellow card it doesn't even give a penalty but he, and, and yeah, he, but and not, he then not, blamed the ball carrier for dipping yeah, his shoulder yeah, yeah. <laughs> for dipping yeah. his shoulder which yeah, you've been told to do in every junior <laughs> <laughs> training how, how else are you supposed to run into contact but if I'm being really picky that wasn't a TMO that was the referee. referee. That was the ref. It's not well, a question. The TMO should have, should have said you need to look at this. Referee called it. He that's call, he, like that's Steve one of the said, worst, the referee worst. called it and said, no, I didn't give it because the bloke dipped his shoulder, which is just a that bit was bizarre. Okay, that's well, one, that's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Thanks for that. Right. One of the worst decisions I've ever seen. But back, back to Don Armand. What does Don stand for? Oh, that's a great question. No idea. No idea. Hang on. He's Zimbabwean, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Don- Zimbo originally. Yeah. Is it Don Donier? No. Not Donatello, is it? Hang on, hang on. Let's think about this. Four let's months. No, I like that. Ninja Turtles. Oh, I thought it was a pizza a flavour. Indeed. Well, something like that. A, 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 uh, is there I, something in front of Don? There's nothing in front of him. A Renaissance painter I'll tell you what's behind kind. him. His second name is a, is, a, is a recently retired Wasp's Wing, who now plays NFL. Wade. Yeah. 
His 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 name is Donovan Donovan Wade Armand. Donovan. <coughs> yeah. What? Hoodie Gurdy man, Melly yeah. Yellow, yeah. all that. Brilliant Ballard. question. Thank, thanks. Brit- thanks. Okay. On the subject- Donovan was a bit fave for me, and you know, I, I thought he might have been. It's all right. No, he's all right. It's all right. On the subject, this is this is my last question actually. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, the nation weeps. Yeah. yeah. On the subject of Christmas. Owen Farrell, we know, likes to give his father barbecue or barbecue-related gifts for Christmas. Does he? Yep. Well, Owen knows that. Uh, according to no, Benno Avano, who is Maro Itoje's cousin, yes. yeah. what might Maro give people for Christmas? I should have done a short list of three here, but it's... Um, well, we need some short clues. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna, to... All right. Um, headphones. What? Headphones? No. What is he said this in an interview? Is he, yeah. We're supposed to know this. You know it and us three don't. Yeah, it's just preposterous. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. so lovely. But headphones, he said, was one of the options. Okay. Yeah, well done. I'll, I'll return. All right, I'll just tell you the you answer. Remember that, do you? No, no, I just, no I, he's one. always wearing it. Give us a clue. It's, it's something that, that Marrow appears in himself. Right. Super Mario? <laughs> Super Mario? <laughs> Super Mario Kart, what it was called it. No, according to Ben O'Barno... Give, give us some more clues. What, <laughs> no, no, just tell it. According to Ben O'Barno, what Marrow might give people for Christmas is a signed picture of himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we just killed him with that, didn't Steve we? Steve used to do that when he was tapping the Glamorgan. Yeah, 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 all, all the time. <laughs> this is the Rut Christmas special. We'll be back in a minute. rugby. Jamo, on to you, mate. King's Hall, Gloucester, Forest Dean Boy. It's a brilliant place to watch rugby. In the shed. That's where the soul of rugby lives. End of story. I <laughs> choose the Coogee the Oval, where Randwick plays. Oh, so well done. Is just, if you've never been, you know, when club rugby, which I love, you know, not a huge arena, on the coastline, you know, the, the, the weather's great. Um, it's just loads of you know, cold Have beer. Have you played there? No, I've watched there and uh, had a few beers with uh, a few people there, Bob Dwyer and a few other people. Um, I just, yeah, I, th- I just thought, yeah, this, 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 this is not half bad. Yeah, great, great little ground and great place to watch the game. Very good, Jonesy. Sorry, what's the name of that place in Brisbane? Big He's going to say somewhere you can't even remember the name of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Look. <laughs> I absolutely love stadiums. I'm a student of rugby stadiums. They're fantastic. I think the, the Parisian rugby stadium, which was abandoned, would have been the most astonishing rugby thing you've ever seen in your life. But having said that, I still look around the Millennium Stadium and think this this is fantastic because it's everything feels so close, whereas at Twickenham, you're hundreds of miles away. 
Um, I, I love the millennium. I don't like the idea that everyone in there now is eventing rather than watching rugby. And called the principality. On the suds. And it's also called the principality, but apart from those six things. <laughs> Do people in, in Wales actually call it a principality? Is, really. is that caught no, on yet? No, not really, but I've just been pedantic. We love a pedant. Sorry. <clears throat> and I also love the, the, uh, the stores field at Risca. Um, so it's on the side of the River <laughs> Ebu. Side of the River Ebu. The, the, I went there recently <laughs> with Ryan Jones to, to, to look around. It is exactly the same as it was 25 years ago, but there's still a bloke with a, a huge pole who, because the river's so close, he's got to whip over with a pole and get the balls. And what he does is he keeps an eye open for balls coming down the river. So they've got, like, all the clubs up the river who haven't got this uh, contraption, they fish their balls out, so they've got, like, you know, 16, 16 club balls, which they, <laughs> of course, they send back. Yeah. Have yeah. you played there? Many years. Have you played there, Mark? I afraid I have. Yeah. Have hard. you played there, Steve? No. <laughs> I played there when I was in, still in school for the f for the first team against a bloke called Mike Blackwood. And what I was told was, if you hit him in the first lineup, he'll never come back. So I hit him, and sadly he did he come did, back for seventy nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so before we go on, I've got uh, to I've got to mention Regent's home Lydney, which is my home ground because I'm seeing my mates from Lydney over Christmas. Uh, and if I don't mention it, they I'll, get an honourable mention yeah, in yeah, dispatches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's my home ground where, where I learned everything, Lydney. everything I know about rugby. Yeah. Where you scored thirty one tries. Well, is that right? Yeah. How do you know that? Good research. That's scary, though. What you've looked on Wikipedia? What else? What else you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> is that true? You, it is because it was part of your intro, but I just I changed it. 30, well, 31 I, tries from fullback. I don't think you scored yeah. them all there, though, so I'm probably wrong. Unless unless you never scored a, a try away from home. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm well impressed. Mine is the Richardson Evans Memorial Ground, which I suspect probably all of you have been, but you wouldn't know it's called that. If you drive down the A3, it is, and just yeah. after you've gone past Richmond Park on your left... Yeah, it's where is, training ground it's, was there for it's a while. The, it's, it's miles and miles of playing fields, mm. and it's pretty damn ugly... But for five days of the year, it becomes transformed into the Rosalind Park Sevens. And I yeah. find that well, I've, I've, been, I've been to the Sevens a few times now through my boys to watch them. And I find that one of the most wonderful sporting occasions because you get kids from the age of 13 to 18, boys and girls, playing Sevens. And you see brilliant players, you see average players, you see desperate parents you see happy people you just you just see sporting life un unfolding in front of your eyes i just find it wonderful so that's uh, richardson uh, evans memorial playing fields so there we go the final item of our christmas event is um our christmas wish our christmas gift for the game of gift rugby uh, have we all, have we all come with something nicely uh, packaged and, and wrapped up to, to discuss, Jonesy? Would yeah. you like to go first? I've got two wishes. First of all, that one union anywhere in the world, just one to start, calls off one international match. The numbers have become ludicrous, and the effect on morale and the whole thing can now no longer be explained away by the fact that oh, we need the money. It's gone too serious for that internationals are a blizzard and they're crazy secondly i hope that anyone listening and all those who love those who are listening and all those in contact with those who are listening will go and actually if they still can go and play rugby on the saturday afternoon for their club for the seconds thirds fourth fifth or sixth because playing wise the number of players out there across the game is really going down by a lot and i hope that referees officials and players will go back out there and give it a go because there's nothing like it. Very good. Mark Evans. I'd like to buy the game a time machine. 
uh, and take the game in Europe back to 1995 and uh, have another go. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, this is, yeah. this is our, sorry, producer, this is now going to be a very, very long <laughs> podcast. Was no, we're going to discuss I mean, and, what, and, what rugby should have and done. hopefully yeah, that's well, not well, to be well. overly critical. I, I, I hate these people who say oh, everything's wrong with the game because it's clearly not. But there are certain things that we've sort of locked into the sport in this part of the world that are going to be the devil's own job to unlock. And Steve's just identified one of a number of them. And so uh, I'd like to go back to 1995 in the time machine and actually have another go on the based on the premise or the mission or the vision or whatever you want to call it, that let's try and make the game bigger in terms of its reach and its participation and the and the audience. And I think we might, with the benefit of hindsight, of course, I think we might all do a better job of it next time. What was the key? What's the one key first step? Oh, that, oh that's, is, I'll, I'll come this back. Is, this, Steve. This is going to be my answer. Yeah, no. Okay. Anglo-Welsh League. <laughs> <laughs> all podcasts are now connected. <laughs> oh, as, like. as, as we were talking about two weeks ago, yeah, that, that is my Christmas wish. It's never going to happen, but I'd like an Anglo-Welsh League. Um, something more realistic, maybe, as I'm um, covering what, more realistic than the time machine to go back to yeah. 95. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. It's not, is that um, Ellis Jenkins is fit for the oh. World Cup? Oh, because yeah. nice. he was a bit wishful. He, he was. Um, he was brilliant, wasn't he, against South Africa? And I think if he could get fit for the World Cup, do you, I think, do you, I think, what do you he, think? He he's borderline, isn't he? Or do you think he's not not unlikely? Uh, he, he's, he's, prob- he's, he's probably struggling, but uh, it'd be great if he's there because I think he'd be a star. My Christmas wish, which is, which is also related to what could be or how how it should be, is I would just love World Rugby to have another go at eligibility before the Japan World Cup and have a look at how you could bring Islanders back into their teams. So yeah. Someone like Rocco Taguni, who's played yeah. like half a game for England and has now lost his entire international career on the back of that. I yeah. think for for a second tier in, in inverted commas nation, they should be allowed a second chance. How? I couldn't agree more. I mean, how, I, I, how, you got an idea how? Yeah, it's, I think it's dead easy. Actually, I, I know Steve was saying, well, choose one. Well, all right, I'm not sure it would be that. That would be one of the ones you could. Th- that is relatively straightforward. It's doable, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm. Yes. I think you've got to have a cutoff. So if you've had 40 caps for yeah. New Zealand, then you probably can't. But if you've had less than 15, and you should probably have 18 months gap in between or something, yeah. then go yeah, back again. It's, it's relatively straightforward. You keep the grandparent rule, which I think most people say, you know, Fair enough. Your grandparent or your parents were born in the country. You are eligible, and and I, and then you put a and then you put a, a clause in for the like you said a number of appearances. And if those are all length since you last played, because yeah. frankly, in a in a world which there is massive migration, there are huge global flows of people, and we want to grow the game and get the standards up. Yeah, and I, all, I just don't buy agree. this stuff. That, oh, they're not properly New Zealand, or they're not properly English, they're not properly rubbish, right? If they're qualified, they're qualified. Mm. And to stop this locking of people whereby the French take Fijian kids at 17-year-old and play them for a certain... And then they can't play for Fiji, and they get two caps for France, and we never see them on the world stage again. That's just daft. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with that. I agree with that. OK. <clears throat> Uh, so at the end of 2018 oh no we're coming back for New Year's Eve aren't we oh no Steve we are okay. we've committed to that champagne okay. all for, yeah. for the end of our Christmas edition uh, we've we've managed to agree on something which is rare and and, and, and splendid well said uh, thank you uh, Steve Mark and Steve 
Um, it's been a great fun. Uh, happy Christmas to everyone who listens. Please come back again uh, New Year's Eve and next year uh, there's a lot of ruck yet to come. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.